And welcome to the Ron Johnson Discipleship Podcast. Where we are bringing lordship to life, the lordship of Jesus to every aspect of our lives. And we're excited to be with you guys. We want to say a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We trust you all had an amazing time uh, with friends and family just celebrating the birth of Jesus. Uh, we had some amazing gatherings here at the church where we enjoyed uh, each other and enjoyed our focus on Christ and uh, the, the, all the beauty of this season. And of course, now uh, looking forward to a great new year in Christ with with an incredible anticipation and excitement. The Lord is, is on the move, mm-hmm. and uh, and I, I'm very excited. You know, I just wanted to highlight maybe for those who are watching. You know, uh, we we just know the the healing power of the Lord, and constantly are praying for people to be touched by the Lord. And I think recently it's been very exciting, and then we've had two two separate occasions where one has been a creative miracle with the healing of a heart valve and the other uh, another powerful miracle with a seven-year-old uh, little girl who was diagnosed with uh, a brain tumor uh, and they uh, went back in to see the specialist and the tumor was gone. And uh, the only explanation for that is Jesus because many, many people were praying. And so I just, you know, I'm excited. I feel like we're moving into a season of uh, fresh anticipation, yeah. fresh pursuit of the Lord, uh, fresh sense of faith in our hearts, and um, you know, just excited about where we're coming. And I, I share that to build faith in your heart because you might be watching and be facing some personal challenges. Uh, if we as a church family can pray for you and stand with you, uh, please call the church here. It's 219-663-PRAY. And, uh, and we would love to believe God with you. Uh, he is a miracle-working God, and with God... All things are possible, so uh, so we want to stand with you. But well, yeah, in alignment with that, you know, you started this what three years ago, four years ago, uh, yep. at the beginning of the year. Uh, we we do what we call a week one, but not W E E K, but W E A K. Little play on words there. Yeah. Um, so week, in other words, we're positioning ourselves at Livingstone's Church uh, as weak. Uh, really, <laughs> who we really are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no false posturing there. Yeah, no, we are. Uh, we look carefully in the mirror and we realize who we are. And we come before God and say, hey, we're weak. Amen. We're strong. Yeah. So we're at the yeah. beginning of the year when people set all kinds of resolutions, we um, we come before God and our resolution is to to remain weak in our own power, but be strong in yours. That's so good. Pursuing you. Yeah. Amen. We, we resolve to be aware of our weakness <laughs> yeah. and we, uh, we resolve to declare our powerlessness apart from the Lord and how, how badly we, we need God. And, yeah. and, you know, you can't go wrong with uh, being broken, humble, yeah. you dependent, uh, crying out to the Lord. So as you mentioned, that's our posture. And on on uh, Monday and Tuesday of the new year, uh, right after New Year's, uh, we're going to be having two, uh, two gatherings each of those evenings, 7 o'clock, where we're going to worship Jesus, we're going to position ourselves before Him again, as you said, is dependent, needy. Lord, we need Your help. When when we are weak, He is strong. Yeah. His strength is made uh, perfect in our weakness, and so we just say, Lord, as we come into this new year, 2022, we don't know what's going to happen, but You do, and, and we don't know the challenges that we're going to face, but You do, and we're not strong enough, but You are. Yeah. And then we're going to have some some powerful prophetic ministry. Uh, as we bring in several of our friends from from our network uh, of churches here, and and you know, I love the prophetic, good prophetic, uh, solid, seasoned prophetic ministry, because the Bible actually says uh, that we are to take those prophetic words and we are to war with them. In other words, we fight for our future, we fight for our destiny, and God, 
with the word of the Lord, the written word of the Lord. And also, you know, as Paul challenged Timothy, he said, remember the, the prophetic words that were spoken over your life mm -hmm. and war with those. I mean, when the devil comes after your calling or comes after your anointing or comes after, you know, what God's trying to do in your life, <clears throat> fight with the prophetic words that yeah. you've received. Because that's part of the Lord, you know, encouraging us, right, to to be all that he's called us to be and sharing with us, hey, this is who, who you are. Or this is what I've called you to do. Uh, and so I, I love this time of the year because I get to hear the testimonies in people's <laughs> lives of the prophetic words that they received and, and how accurate it was and how encouraging it was. And uh, so anyway, praise the Lord. Uh, if you can come on out and be a part of our week one, uh, we'd love for you to come join us. Um, what is that? The third and the fourth, I think. Uh, whatever, whatever that Monday and Tuesday is, or after New Year's, uh, that's that's when we'll be meeting here at the church. So you can go on on our website too, and you can find out more information. Yeah, right this, this, it has been a powerful time of ministry. Um, you know, I think we, we take on the whole like a new beginning, New Year's. You know, people, I guess, get more membership during the New Year than any other time in the in the year. You know, uh, so for <laughs> us, this is this is our. We're not, maybe not the gym, but spiritually, we're saying, God, we 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 want to have, we want to we want, we want to envision ourselves to yeah. grow this year. Yeah. Well, and even this whole thing did not come out of uh, Ron Johnson's mind. Uh, it was really I was out driving and just you know worshiping the Lord, and, and it was, New Year was approaching, and that's when the Holy Spirit dropped in my heart this whole phrase, Week One, and. And so I, that we're acting in, in response to a prophetic word that I received. And I think the fruit of that for the whole church has been amazing. So, so praise the Lord. You know, um, last time we were together, uh, Pastor Andrew and I were talking about how counterfeit redemption uh, leads you to all forms of despair. Because at the end, you realize that your Savior, whatever that was, uh, drugs, sex, the science, the state, medicine, whatever it is, uh, they always come up short. Mm -hmm. And then when, when whatever it is that we put our hope in, if it's not in Jesus, eventually crashes. And when it crashes, it leads to despair. And, uh, and you know, we shared last week that despair is devastating. And it's something that we're dealing with in a widespread way in our culture today. Uh, of course, we're dealing with the challenges of, of uh, uh, COVID and all, all the variants, and and you know it's just it's just stunning to me. We had we had the president of the United States recently basically prophesy that uh, for all of you unvaccinated, 2022 is going to be a year of basically death and destruction. I mean, I can't think of a, a worse form of leadership. A worse form right. than for your your leader of your nation to basically be a prophet of doom and gloom, um, but that's exactly what happened. And then we just had the World Health Organization, you know, being the Grinch that stole Christmas, basically saying because the uh, the uh, new virus uh, that's out right now, the variant, <clears throat> that it's best for you just to stay home and don't celebrate Christmas and. You know, what we've talked about before in this, this podcast is the the side effects of stay home and don't celebrate Christmas means that there's a greater increase of loneliness, isolation, people living in greater despair, greater hopelessness, because we're social beings, we're made we're made to to interact with each other. But we we're saying, you know, when you live in despair, the end result is many times for people is suicide. 
And I, I found this interesting. Uh, this was from uh, the Breakpoint organization, Chuck Colson's organization. Um, it says, a few years ago, a website about suicide appeared, and on it, not only do people talk about wanting to die, but they share at great length about how they're going to do it. So through these public forums, live chats, private messaging, users can get advice on how, as they make their plans to end their life. Uh, as Times reporters were able to identify 45 people who killed themselves after spending time on the site, several of whom were minors. Uh, the true number is likely to be higher. So, so here we have a website dedicated to helping people uh, in their lives, uh, which is absurd, uh, but that's that's where we've come. And then, you know, of course, uh, Europe is always leading us in their in their pursuit of despair. This was interesting. There's a, now an assisted suicide pod approved for use in Switzerland. So check this out. The person gets into the capsule. They lie down. It's very comfortable. They will be asked a number of questions. And when they have answered, they may press the button inside the capsule, activating the mechanism, uh, which is a mechanism of death, in their own time. So it kind of gets back when we were talking about... Um, uh, who was the famous author? Uh, Hemingway. Ernest Hemingway. That uh, good job. You pulled that out. Thank you. Uh, but he, you know, basically, he basically concluded life is meaningless, and so the only thing I can control, I can't. I'm going to die, and I can't control that. But I can't control when I'm going to die, and how pathetic it was that a person so talented and so gifted in so many ways uh, basically came to the conclusion that life had no meaning and killed himself. Yeah. And this is what we're seeing happening uh, across the globe uh, with young people who can't figure out or seem to find any meaning for, for their lives. Yeah, I mean, that, <laughs> especially that thing of Switzerland comes out of a dystopian science fiction. <laughs> Sounds like to me. Oh, yeah. Except yeah. it's not. No, it's not. It's real. It, except it's real. And the consequences of our ideas. Uh, human depravity has no end because of sin. Absolutely. And, we, and when you have really dark ideas... There's really dark consequences. Yep. And, and the, I guess the scary part is when you live in the world of bad ideas, you, you, you look at that, you, you're not even shocked by that. You're just like, oh, okay, of course, that makes sense. But a worldview that says, uh, basically, it's man-centered, not God-centered. You know, the, the view uh, from a Christian world worldview has been, hey, your life is not your own. Right. Uh, you didn't create your life, and you're not the one that's, that's determining when you die. That's That belongs to the Lord. He knows the beginning and the end. And if you take that into your own hands and and and, and basically take your life, kill yeah. kill yourself, uh, then it's a grievous sin. Uh, and uh, I would say not the unforgivable sin, but a grievous sin. In other words, uh, this comes from a godless, man-centered worldview where people are basically empowered to in their own lives. Um, and again, that's not been part of the American experience at all. Uh, but the more Europe goes godless and the more, you know, we're usually about a decade or so behind uh, behind Europe uh, if things don't change and revival doesn't happen. And so uh, America's uh, infatuation with death is growing as well when we talk about abortion and, and uh, euthanasia and all these things yeah. that are uh, are happening in our own country, but that's the product of, like you said, bad ideas. Well, I mean, I can see a, a a entrepreneur who's like, "Oh, how can we make money? Well, people are killing themselves and they're doing it yeah. bad way. So why don't we create uh, pods and systems yeah. and, yeah. and make it neat and, and, and clean? And then you know, they got money to spare because they're going to die anyway. So I mean, just again, <laughs> when there's no boundaries, yeah, uh, more boundaries or morality. I mean. 
marketplace, science, whatever, can go all kind of direction with no restraints. And the next thing you know, you just, it's a dark world. Yeah. Imagine that you're creating a company whose goal is to, your product is a death pod. I, I mean, I, I can totally see that happen when you have no restraints and boundaries. Yeah. So anyways. And I, you know, and the other thing we were talking about, just this whole idea of isolation, you know, a, a few weeks back in a Sunday morning sermon, I really challenged our people about being connected and, and having, you know, do you, do you have great friends in your life? And the sad fact of the matter is um, many people don't. And that's another reason why I encourage people get plugged into a good, healthy local church where you can develop uh, powerful relationships, deep, meaningful relationships with people. And I asked, I asked the men in particular, because men seem to be a little more relationally challenged than, than women in general. Uh, and I said, hey, if you were to die outside of your family, would you be able to identify six men to carry your casket to be your pallbearers? Uh, and and I'd really challenge the men. If you had to sit down right now and write six close friends who would be honored to, to do that for you at your funeral, would you be able to identify them? And I think many, many men can. And interesting enough, right after I preached that sermon, this came out again from our friends at Breakpoint. Um, he says, Americans are lonely. According to research from the Harvard Graduate School of Education, 36% of Americans report feeling serious loneliness, as do an incredible 61% of young adults. According to a Cigna Health survey, nearly 54% of American adults agree with this statement, quote, nobody knows me well. Isolated and glued to our screens, it's a crisis that's only getting worse. I mean, think about that. 61% of our young people uh, feel incredibly lonely, and that doesn't bode well for for the social fabric of America. We're seeing more and more, sh you know, crazy school shootings, and, all, and we keep blaming guns and stuff like this. But the guns are not the problem. It's the isolation. It's the relational isolation. Uh, it's the loneliness. It's the despair that's happening in our culture. And, and, and loneliness to me is a, a vicious cycle because when you are lonely, you end up being more isolated. You don't you don't interact with people as much, and you lose those skills and you lose the emotional capability to connect with people. So even when you go and try to connect with people, you can't. Right. Which leads to more loneliness, which right. leads to more isolations. And that's why I see because I work with a lot of young adults and I work with just people in general. And a lot of times the, the people who are most lonely uh, are really incapacitated in the ability to, to, to connect with people. Yeah. Uh, and it just it gets worse and worse and worse right. and worse and worse. You know, yeah. socially stunted in some way, which keeps them from connecting. And, and then the other thing is you have to have. You have to have formats for building relationships, facilitating. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I love what you're doing with the the uh, common ground. Yeah, we had about 80 young adults in our building on Sunday night, uh, having a great time together, uh, communicating, laughing, having some fun, yeah. uh, doing life together, and uh, and building some some awesome relationships. You know, yeah. I just I just shared. You know, I came from my my uh, life group or my discipleship group last night, and we were just. Relishing the fact uh, of the of the incredible uh, transparency, authenticity, the support we have, getting to know one another, but but it's because we created a um, a wineskin to facilitate all of that. And if you're not part again of a strong local church, if you're not connecting in a real authentic way with people about life and the challenges of life, mm -hmm. you know you're 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 going to relationally starve to death. And yeah. that was the other thing I wanted to share here, which shows that we're really at a crisis point, I believe, relationally in our country. He said the most significant decline in friendship is among men, 
and this was according to a poll in uh, 2021, the percentage of men who say they have no close friends has quintupled since 1990, affecting nearly one out of every six American males. So this is an explosion of loneliness and friendlessness that's happening among males. And now we're going to get to another counterfeit idol because for men, a, a big reason for this is the rise of another false idol in our culture, and that's the, the sexualization of our culture, in particular pornography. Uh, men who are addicted to porn uh, are lonely because there's shame involved in that, there's isolation involved in that, and literally it, it deforms your ability to relate to anybody outside of the template of sex. And so A sex screen. becomes the screen, and yeah. you can't look at any relationship uh, except through that lens of sexuality. So you can't look at a woman without sexualizing that, that experience. You cannot view any male relationships without, oh, is this a homosexual relationship or whatever, just because it's two men having a friendship. And so pornography has, uh, and the sexualization of our cu culture in general, is destroying uh, friendships and destroying quality relationships. Yeah. And, and the fabric of relationships is what keeps us alive and going. And check this out, keep us healthy. And a healthy heart keeps us physically healthy. Yes. So, so we're hit on yeah. on all kind of levels, you know. So, so, so here, here's our message, you know, as we as we wind up this year and move into a new year, uh, this is a great time to do some some heart searching. Yeah, it's a great time to say, you know, what needs to change in my life. And I think the first thing that needs to change is you, you need to get rid of your counterfeit idols and. You need to start getting real with people and you need, you know, sometimes people say, well, I'm not, you know, I feel awkward or, you know, I, I'm, I'm an introvert, right? Or whatever. But it's like, no, you need to, you need to press through all those natural limitations because, because we need each other. Yeah. And, and, you know, even in common ground, look, let's just talk about Sunday, you know, just going to church, sending a service and leaving right afterwards. It's not the best way to connect with people. No. I mean, you receive the word, you worship, corporate words, that's all good. But if you're looking to really connect with people, just going to church, sitting with hundreds of other people is not the best way. Right. Um, but, you know, at Living Stones, I mean, what I love is after service, people are sitting there for hours connecting. I love it. You yeah. know, that's what I did growing up. In fact, in fact, you know, we're going to have our cafe open up on the two nights that we do week one. So yeah. after we worship and after we receive ministry and we hear the word and we, we receive personal impartation, we encourage people, man, stay, go out and get a cup of coffee, hang out in the foyer. Hey, talk to me about what God's right. doing in your life. You know, no, it's funny because we actually joke about it because our parking lot are, is challenged right now. Right? Yeah. So when the parking team, we always joke about like, oh, service is out. Oh, it doesn't matter. Yeah. People are sticking around. They're not giving up their parking lot seats because yeah. people are sticking out for another hour. Again, these are great things and yeah. great problems. And, and, to have. and I never am out there, right? Because I'm going from one service to the next right, service right. to the next service. So I never get to see the foyer on Sunday. I don't right. get to see the parking challenges. Right. Um, but my wife was telling me because she came to second service this week normally she's there with me all three services but she said people were parked all the way down on the street all the way down to our house on both sides of the street well, yeah part of that's because uh, we have our construction going on right but but i mean that's why i want to encourage you like if you are lonely you have a hard time building relationships and friends I, i'm i'm going to be real like it, at the, in the beginning it is kind of difficult to connect because it's been a while since you connect yeah. but you have to press through 
whether it's in a life group, whether it's just you know in the cafe talking with somebody, um, you have to kind of stay with it. You have to press through. Don't just try it and be like, well, I didn't connect and then get And up. you have to be vulnerable. And I think this is another thing too. And I, and I think this is something that's different about our leadership at Living Stones is, you know, sometimes you go to churches where leadership's plastic and, um, and nobody is ever real about their challenges as a leader. And I think that's what's different about Living Stones. We, like, our model is we, we want to pour into you as leaders. We want to share our own struggles so that you realize, hey, and not just while we're in the struggle, but we want to share our victories. Yeah. But there's something powerful. Like even in our discipleship group last night, the one of the comments was just, you know, Pastor Ron, thank you for um, being so real with us so that we know where you've struggled or what, how you've got through this or your challenges. And you can help us because we're in the same place. And and we just appreciate that you're, you know, that you're real. Like that's, Jesus was genuine with people. Of course, he didn't have, he didn't have sin to share with people because he was perfect. But struggles. Um, but absolutely. Science, he, yeah. he, he said, could you guys, could you guys pray for me? Right. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm facing the biggest challenge of my life. Yeah. Uh, he was tired. He was hungry. He was thirsty. Uh, he was emotionally attacked. Uh by the enemy, you know, and, and he needed it. He brought those, you know, I love that passage that says Jesus gathered these men around him to be with him. Yeah. Not, you know, because I, I need a ministry team. But his first thing was to be with him. And so that's how we model leadership here, and that's how we model small groups. In yeah. fact, our life groups are going to be starting up here in, what, in a couple weeks, yeah. right? Um, and we encourage you, get connected to a life group where people know your name. I was just talking to one of our leaders today who's just been battling some flu during this season, and he, he broke up on the phone. Uh, you know, it got kind of quiet, and, and and then he tried talking. I realized he was fighting back the tears. He was so overwhelmed by the way his network of friends loved him through this sickness that he was in. People calling. People showing up, people bringing some meds over to the house, people praying, people bringing some food. Just the fact that people cared. Yeah. And I think how many people are suffering uh, in sickness, you know, during the season all by themselves. And if they died, no one would know that they died. I mean, that's how isolated they are. They're so disconnected. Nobody would even know. Yeah. So that's just not that, that's not the way we roll here, and and you need to be in life giving relationships, authentic relationships. So, you know, two things. One is a quick shameless plug for you know our youth ministry and our young yeah. adults ministry. You see, why I was so impressed when I first came to Living Stones, and really under Pastor Aaron, yep. is the establishment of not just a large group youth gathering. Tuesday night is a large group, right. but the real focus that Pastor Aaron has led is the Monday night small groups. Yeah. The small group, the life groups for youth. So if you're watching you know, and you have teenagers or you are a teenager, we have a Monday night small group life group life for you. Group for the, Tuesday the, nights, it's, like it's the big everybody gathering. big gathering. But the real focus, I mean, the real heart is behind Monday night. Why? Because relationship is so important. Yeah. You know, this past year when we launched Common Ground, we, we met once a month and that was kind of like our alpha phase. We're trying to see what worked. Uh, you know, we're just trying to figure things out. Uh, but moving the new years, what we're doing is we're going to meet twice a month. But our second meeting is going to be our small group. Okay. We're kind of adopting the same model. We're having we're splitting the guys and the girls, and we're we're meeting smaller groups. We're doing book studies. But why is that so important for us? That the larger gathering is not enough. It's because you know as much as we spend time fellowshipping in a large group and we encourage that, we lot mm -hmm. time for that. We realize in a small, smaller group gathering, we give the scaffold, we give the infrastructure uh, for these discussions to happen so that people can build relationships. We recognize one of the greatest value we can bring 
is building relationship because all these statistics. In fact, one of the best ways for you to grow, I just preached on this in Common Ground for a couple of weeks. One of the best ways for you to develop and grow emotionally, personally, spiritually is in the context of a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And so so we, we we care about so much, we actually build infrastructure. We we, 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 we surround the ministry around relationship because it's so important to yeah. us. You know? So yeah, relationships are huge, and and in every one, you know, whether it's the marriage ministry, there's a small group component, small group component, yeah, life group component, discipleship groups, uh, every one of our, uh, you know, our young adults, our our youth ministry, even our children's ministry has a small group component, yeah, uh, because people, you know, that phrase about not being known, nobody knows me well, what a tragedy, because there's a there's a longing inside of us to be known. And, and to know. And, um, well, that's the other thing I, I forgot to share. I was I'll share is like, you know, reading some of these statistics, you know, sometimes we have a hard time reaching our neighbors or people we don't know well. Yeah. But just realizing that you know, one out of every six, is oh. it just men or everybody, is, is lonely. So, I mean, for one of the best way you can love people in this season is simply just get to know them a little bit. Yeah. Be their friend. I'm not talking about like, like you have to share your guts and whatever. Just be their friend. Show a little bit of care. And you have a good chance of actually hitting um, hitting the spot, yeah. fulfilling the deep need that you don't even know. You know, yeah. people look tough on the outside; they look like they have everything together. Yeah. But just reading the statistics, you realize, man, people are lonely. They're isolated yeah. in their homes. And you know, in the in the church, unfortunately, we have this culture where people think, if I really share who I am or what I'm struggling with, it's like the cancel culture thing. Yeah. Then people will reject me. And um, one of the men in, in my discipleship group uh, works in ER. He's in the medical uh, community. And so, you know, you got all these people coming in in crisis mode, right? Yeah. And, and many of them are feeling isolated and afraid and everything. And he was just sharing uh, in our gathering. Uh, he said, you know, I just tell them God is for you. God loves you. And, you know, and people, he said, they'll break down and cry because, again, they're in crisis mode. And many times in a crisis mode, we feel like God doesn't love me. God's doing this to me. God's punishing me. And just the opposite is yeah. true. So he's running around basically prophesying to all these patients, you know, hey, it's going to be OK. God's God is for you, not against you. And some of them just confess that they've been distanced from God, that they, they've not been to church in a long time, that they've been disconnected. And so instead of pointing a finger of condemnation, yeah. he's saying, hey, God just loves you. God is for you. Yeah, I'm good. for you. You're going to make it. And and that's just what you said. How many, if, if, if one out of six people feels desperately lonely, then we need to be prophets of hope, you know, yeah. and, uh, and encouraging people and loving people and reaching out to people, which is why, again, Invite people out to church. Invite people out to these special gatherings where they can receive uh, a powerful ministry and encouragement. Now, I wonder how many people are lonely and they don't even know they're lonely. They just know they're dying inside, but they're so, you know, they're so uh, disconnected from the world, from real relational connection for exactly. so long. Yeah. They don't even know they miss it. You know, yeah. it's like you eat junk food your whole life and you don't even know what healthy food tastes like. Exactly. You know? And not just the emotional loneliness, but even just physical touch. I mean, we were made to be connected. So yeah. on Sunday, when we take the time and say, hey, greet one another and, and mayhem breaks out, yeah. you see people hugging and, yeah. and smiling and laughing and shaking hands and, and uh, or hey, let's pray for that person next to you. And you put a hand on someone's back and you pray. Yeah. I mean, it, people are just starved for for normal healthy affection yeah and uh and that's what the body of christ is all about now that's i wanted you to share a little bit because you know we're coming into a new year yeah it's a great time to put a little pause button on and to do some some self-examination 
And I've been preaching the series here on matters of the heart. And the last couple of weeks, we, we were comparing and contrasting Zechariah, the priest, the powerful word he received from Gabriel, the archangel. And, and yet he, he was cynical. He was jaded. He questioned that word. It was a great word. It was a word of hope. It was a word of answered prayer. And then you look at a simple uh, teenage, you know, lower caste, uh, young lady, uh, lower class rather, uh, Mary. She did not come from affluence, wealth, power. Um, she was a humble little teenage gal. She has the same visitation from Gabriel. Great news. And her response is basically a yes. She just said, Lord, whatever you say about me, whatever your word is for me, I embrace it. Even though I don't understand it, I can't figure it out. It blows my mind. It doesn't make sense. Um, but I trust you. Mm -hmm. And we talked about the power of a yes. And you were sharing some stuff with me that I wanted you to just to share as we kind of wrap up this podcast today. But yeah. you're talking about you and Debbie really, really examining like some of the things that you say you believe, but maybe on second thought, like, do I really believe that? Um, like really moving from the, the head yeah. to practice. Yeah. I, I, I my wife and I went shopping the other day and we were just talking. It's interesting because we went shopping um, for, you know, she had, she had a list of a couple things, Christmas presents to get for some other people. But she ended up selling a couple things that she really needed and she bought for herself instead uh, and get for other people. But yeah. she's like, ah, I always, I always go to stores. And she was kind of talking down to herself. Like, I'll go to stores and end up buying things for other people, but I end up buying stuff for myself. And she kind of beat herself up for it. I'm like, why are you beating yourself up for it? These are <laughs> not frivolous things. And plus, even if they were, so what? Like, bless yourself. Like, yeah. like what's wrong with that? And, and we start talking about um, because of how we were raised or our, our upbringing or our mentality or our culture, how there's so many things that we say we believe in, right? but we don't really believe in. And we start making a list. You know, and I'm not going to share the whole list because yeah, give us an yeah. example. But there's some examples. For example, uh, like um, uh, fulfilling our emotional need is important. It's a good thing. Our emotional need to be wanted, to be desired, emotional connection is a good thing. Emotional health. In emotional general. health. Yeah. So again, um, you, I would never debate someone. Uh, I would never like disagree with you if you say, "Hey, emotional health is important, or emotional right. connection is important." Theologically, I understand. Um, but if you look at my life, do we is a part of is an intricate part of priority in our lives, you know? And um, in so, fact, so yeah. make that practical. So, so like for instance, if you're saying, "Man, I need to take some time to slow down," or "I need to take some time to connect with my wife," yeah. or I need to care. Okay. I need to get more sleep because I'm, I'm getting a little emotionally worn out. Or then you have this little voice inside of you. Oh, you're a wimp. Uh, this is not needed. You should be. You're too high maintenance. All these different things, you know. And I would share like I've been battling this for several years now, especially in relation to my wife. And what I have learned is if it's if you look at my calendar, if you look at my schedule, if there's no system or habit that attributes to this, it's probably not a priority for me. So sure. what I did is instead about a year ago, I, I, I started establishing uh, Sabbath habits. Now, I'm not perfect on it. I don't hold it every single week, but it's on my calendar. If you go to my to-do list on Friday, it's my Sabbath. Right. Something else I've done about a year ago is every Thursday night is date night. Now, do we hold it every single Thursday night? 
No, that's because things happen and we might events and whatever, but it's all my calendar. But you're prioritizing that relationship. And yeah. like you said, if it doesn't make your calendar, it's a, it is not it's truly a, a belief. Yeah. It's really a, a, a daydream or whatever, but it's not a belief. It's a good idea. Because it's, it's you're knowledge. Not, yeah, you're not bringing it from the conceptual right. level to, to practical implementation. Right. Now, for my, so I've actually gone growing in those areas about her emotional needs and her, you know, her and, and emotional connection. But, but she was still struggling though, so I was trying to help her with that. You know, I understand deeply how like, you hear something, you're like, oh, that's so good. But the, the overwhelming odds are against it because your whole life to raise, uh, not that way. So you go to the conference, you hear Pastor Ron preach, you're like, oh, that's so good. And you go home and, and you, everything in your environment says that's not reality. Yeah. You have to create a system and the process. Listen to the Holy Spirit to help you create those things. Because these processes I've created, uh, even towards finances, you know, blessing my wife and and and, and helping right. her feel like she's provided for. Those are all things I struggle my whole life. So I have a cre- I've created a system process for even that. Right. Okay, I'm not gonna share my process because that's what God said to me. Well, I you know I think when you grow up in homes like we did, did our uh, middle class mm-hmm. homes or low maintenance. Yeah, yeah. Frugal. And we're both we're yeah. both firstborn. So uh, we well, I'm actually I'm second, but oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. right about that. All right. But but I you know yeah. it, but you had the um, you know, the older son mentality of yeah. I don't want to be a burden to my parents. Well, pastors' kids, well, pastors', pastors kids. kids. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I remember one time uh, I wanted to go out and buy my wife a, a suit, uh, uh, and she needed clothes. You know, she needed a, war, a wardrobe upgrade, yeah. and uh, and we went out and she found these two beautiful suits. And, and so, what's the question when you find two beautiful suits? Yeah. Which one? Right. Because right. you're not going to buy both because right. you you know that would be overindulgent or irresponsible or whatever. And I remember I was just coming out of a season where we were being stretched with with lack, you know, uh, being learning to be content and to uh, to abound with much or to, or to be content with little, right? And so my lovely wife said, "Honey, which one do you like best?" I said. You make those suits look so beautiful. It is impossible for me to choose. So we're going to get both. And, you know, she's like, we can't get both. No, I, you know, I, you know, almost that whole thing like Debbie would be yeah. in or we would be in. Yeah. And, uh, and, I, and it was almost an act of faith for me just to say, you know what? You look great in both. You need both. You'll wear both. I'm going to buy both because we're going to bust out of this little box that says there's, there's not enough. You know, right. Uh, or that God's not providing, or we're not worthy, or we're only a, you're only a one suit wife, you know, <laughs> you're not a two suit wife. Um, but that's good because these are the boxes that we keep living in of unbelief and of, of putting boundaries on the Lord, and yeah. we need to change. And, and we got to be, I mean, because it's not blatant unbelief, right? Because these are things that you would never do. You would never say, "Oh, that's wrong. I disagree with that." You would even share your club. You say, "That's so good." But if you look at your life, there's no evidence of that. And that's the list that my wife came up and I sat down and we're like, okay, let's make a list of all the things we say we believe, we say it's important to us, yeah. but it's actually not lived out through consistency in our lives. Yes. And, and once, it, because if you don't acknowledge those things, you can't grow in those things. Right. You keep going around the mountain, you keep doing the same thing over and over again, you're wondering, why am I not growing? Where is God in the middle of all this? God's like, you're not taking the revelation and giving you and integrated into who you are. That's good. And for me, the integration comes through something you do consistently, a habit. Like, again, for me, my to do list, my to do app is my consistency marker. 
I have Sabbath on there because I'm saying I need to create a, a mental health, emotional health connection is important for me. I have to do that. I have date night on every Thursday night because I'm making a statement to say connecting with my wife, fulfilling her needs for connection is a top priority of mine. Now, ideally, I want to connect with her every day, but at the very least, it's on my calendar. It's good. Among several other systems I've in place to, in, to, to really attack all those areas of what I would call true unbelief. Yeah. But they're sinister unbelief because they're not blatant. Right, because you say, oh, yeah, I agree with that. Mental acknowledgement. Mental acknowledgement, but, but no that's not, not really lived out. So, yeah. yeah. So if we, if we were to recap this last podcast of 2021, it would be this. You know what? Despair and hopelessness and uh, loneliness, these things are from the pit of hell. This is not part of our Christian worldview. This is not part of what God wants for us as believers. And so let's make sure that we look to Jesus as our Redeemer, as our Savior. Uh, the Bible says there's only one name under heaven by which uh, which has been given by which men can be saved, Acts 4.12, and his name is Jesus. Uh, there's only one Redeemer. So let's look to him. Let's cling to him. Let's believe in him. Let, let's do what he's instructed us yeah. to do. Like, let's be part of a local church. Let's be plugged in. Uh, let's get connected. Let's be real. Um, let's let's step out of our comfort zone. Let's examine those those beliefs, like Pastor Andrew just mentioned, that we believe in our head because they're in the Bible or they're true, but we're not really living them out. You know, the beginning of a new year <clears throat> is a blessing from the Lord because it's a reset button that gives us a chance to kind of start over. Even though, on one regard, the sun's going to rise, the sun's going to set. There's nothing different. We go through four seasons and, and et cetera, et cetera. And one year becomes, uh, the next year becomes the next year. But thank God for, for deadlines, for seasons, for times, because they give you a chance, literally put the brakes on and say, I, there's some things that I know the Holy Spirit wants to adjust in my life uh, in 2022. And I want to encourage you, go into this new year, even though it, there's so much that's unknown to us in the natural Go into this new year with great expectation and great hope in the Lord. Um, we're going to see incredible things happen. We're going to build more relationships, deeper relationships. We're going to grow as God's family. We're going to impact people this year. We're going to see the miraculous. We're going to experience more of God's presence. We're going to uh, see and learn things that we've never learned before. We're going to change. Uh, we're going to become more like Jesus and this is all exciting, exciting stuff. Uh, and so we encourage you, if you're disconnected, if you're feeling lonely, um, contact us, all right? We want to help. And uh, and come out this coming Sunday, you know, as we launch into the new year. In fact, you're going to be preaching this coming Sunday. I am. I'm very excited about that uh, for two reasons. Number one, because I love to hear you preach. And number two, because it's not going to be me preaching. <laughs> I get to listen to you preach. And, wow. And uh, no, but it's going to be exciting as we jump in, into the new year. We have a lot to share with yeah. you. In fact, we're going to be talking about now 2.0, which is the second round of our uh, of our now campaign for expansion and growth. But it's more than just building buildings and brick and mortar. It's really about people and infrastructure. Yeah. Uh, so, any final comments on that? No, I'm excited for this year. But we're not just you no know, worldly, carnal, goal setting, all that stuff. Uh, we're presenting ourselves before the Lord and say, God, we want to align ourselves with your vision. Our own goals might fail, but yours won't. So I'm just going to bandwagon onto what you're trying to do, amen. what you will do, and uh, you can't fail amen. in that case. So, amen. amen. So thanks for being with us on this journey this year. We value you and your, your our relationships with you as our friends. 
I want to thank you for being on this journey with me because uh, you've been a, a great friend and continue to be a great friend. And uh, we love you and Debbie. Yeah. And you're, you're part of the riches in my heart and my life. So well, we love you guys and you and Pastor Marion. And we're looking forward to 2022. Amen. So, hey, let's go in in faith. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for what's ahead. And we wish you a happy new year, 2022.